Intimate Breath. Welcome at the Intimate Breath Talks podcast. And I'm here with Nikki Veloy. Hi, Lur. Thank you for welcoming me at your podcast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm very happy to be here. Um, I am Nikki. Uh, I live in Belgium. <laughs> and uh, I started a little project uh, called Onderwees Anders. It's a Dutch project. Um, and the project is about empowering children in their emotional well-being. And I do that, or I try to do that in two ways, <laughs> working on the learning courses that they have in schools, like math and reading, and working on the emotional well-being itself. And I do that through creative learning and learning by movement, because uh, learning by movement, because you get more in touch with your body, you feel your body, you move your body, and then learning by creativity, because creativity triggers emotions. And I think learning by body and learning by emotions is the best way to learn. Yes. <laughs> and what you just mentioned is exactly the intention of this episode. It's to talk about how to navigate emotions, both with children as well as with adults, uh, considering that as adults we all have an inner child, we all have the same needs and sometimes we're behaving as very young <laughs> young creatures when when something is triggering or too much. So how can we how can we be with those emotions that come up through listening to the body? And I think you're also a little modest. It's not a small project and you're not trying to do something. <laughs> I think your work is really amazing and I'm I'm very Thanks. glad we are collaborating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, Nikki, can you give us some examples of things that you are noticing in working with children, like, like struggles or challenges that are coming up in school or just one-on-one? -on -one? Mm. I notice, and maybe it's not everywhere, but um, I've, I've worked with children in classes, but also individual, and... I noticed that a lot of children have some sort of problem um, with their emotions. <laughs> Stress in, in schools, in class, anxiety to fail, just being angry um, or like being overwhelmed. I noticed that a lot of children are struggling with all those things. And um, you work with them individually, it is difficult to get through them or talk with them. Because when I worked with them individually, it was my task to work on the emotional well-being. Um, and I had to talk with them about emotions. Um, I had to ask them, how do you feel? What do you feel? And they, some, some children had easy to talk with them, but most of the children were looking at me and were like shy or they would make jokes all the time and didn't <laughs> give me the answer uh, and some children just would like go in a freeze and they wouldn't say anything anymore and so what I noticed is that 
a lot of children don't know how to talk about their emotions anymore. It's like something that is taboo. Mm -hmm. Can I jump in here? Yeah. Because that is that is exactly what a lot of adults deal with too. Not mm -hmm. like when you ask them, how are you feeling? They don't know what to answer. They don't know how to feel. When you ask them, what are you sensing in your body? What is happening in your body? They have no clue how to actually feel their body. And uh, for me, this is really lacking. And like, like learning children how to give space to what they're feeling and what is happening inside of them. And so many adults learned that they need to fit in and they can only feel or behave in a certain way to be accepted and loved. And it starts in, in school or when you're growing up where you have to follow a pace of development that someone else decided for you. Oh. And mm, I don't really know how to solve it right now, <laughs> but I certainly am curious about the, like, the next steps that, that we can take as parents, as teachers, as people that are in contact with, with uh, children, how we can actually... Um, integrate all these emotions because we're not only humans with a developed brain we're also uh, uh, group animals with a nervous system and we are impacting each other when I'm stressed and I'm near you my nervous system and your nervous system are syncing up and you will feel it and on a very like unconscious level for sure yeah. and maybe conscious level Mm-hmm. And how can we how can we use that information in the classroom? Because we're we're a group of animals together. Uh-huh. And we're also animals in the sense of when something happens that is too much, we just go into survival strategy. We have our instincts. We we want to run away, we want to fight, we start discussing, we start harming ourselves or the space we're in. Or we go into freeze and we're just like, and, and when we start seeing those um, emotions and those uh, behaviors as a sign that something's, something's up and let's listen to that and let's see what is actually needed yeah. to create a sense of safety again. I think that that's super valuable. Yeah. Both, both for the comfort of, of the moment as well as for like the learning mm -hmm. yeah uh, can I jump in yeah um, sure yeah. in you know in schools they there there has been some change there is more attention to the emotional well-being but still the end goal mm -hmm. <laughs> is that children have good points have good results the end goal is the head you know the learning and a lot of uh, teachers try to focus more on the emotional well-being, but the thing is that it is not the most important part. And that is the difficulty that is nowadays in schools or in the school system. Because the, the grades that you get, that is the most important at the end. <laughs> and I think that is a pity because... If you empower a child in their emotional well-being, you empower a child to 
have contact with themselves, to get to know themselves better, to feel what do I need, then the learning goes also better, maybe even more better. Mm -hmm. And the learning is not only here, but it's in the whole of our body. And I think that's something that needs to change in the school system <laughs> itself because teachers and, and so on can do, can do little things. But if the, the grades are still the end goal, there is some room, but not enough room. You know, they have to make a course <laughs> in schools about learning how to deal with your emotions, an actual course, I think. Yes. And the, the sense of safety is so important because it's only when you feel safe that there is like a natural curiosity and children want to learn. Children want to know and explore the world. But when, when they're not feeling safe, same for adults, when we're not feeling safe, we can't be curious, we can't be open, we can't take in new information. We're only grasping back to the information that has worked in the past because, you know, we just need mm-hmm. to survive. But for me, I was wondering, like, is school a safe environment? Because for me, it it was not such a safe environment. I think that's a good question. And I think no single environment is safe. Mm. It's more like, how can we create a sense of safety for ourselves? by giving as much space as possible to um, our needs because we're we're needy beings <laughs> we have lots of needs <laughs> and let's not push them away but just integrate them into our lives mm-hmm. and i think school can be an environment where we learn how to create that sense of safety for ourselves where we learn how to ask for support when we need support and uh, take space when we need space. When a child wants to run away, how can we, how can we use the body mm-hmm. and let that energy flow in a way that they, they feel supported? Mm-hmm. What I sometimes notice and, and hear from teachers and, and people working with children in schools is that they, they sometimes just don't have the time to react on the needs of a child because there are maybe 25 more childs in that same classroom. And I want to maybe grasp back at the fact that you said that we are group animals. And I think maybe there is a solution that if one child is angry or sad or upset, it not only affects that child, but also the whole group. So I think if you can do... It's not bad if you do an exercise then with the whole group. Yeah, uh, I totally agree. When we when we can use the breath or we can use movement, when a child is super angry and it's like, you know, wants to harm other children or is, you know, just like very restless or what, whatever is happening, how can we actually do an exercise where we can let them use their arms and their the fight muscles that are activated in a playful way? doesn't mean that everyone needs to be playful if they're angry they're angry but so all the nervous systems are being regulated so even just that even the fact that everyone around that child is is calming down their nervous system it will have a positive influence to the child 
that feels challenged. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think using that group wisdom and body wisdom is it's so simple <laughs> and it's so in a way like animalistic. <laughs> um, I think it's very effective because it's happening anyway all the time. Uh-huh. This is what is happening all the time. The syncing up, the feeling each other, the reading body language, the the picking up someone else's breath without being aware of it. We're all yeah. the time attuning. So how can we use that in a way that helps us, that supports our common goal, which uh-huh. is having an, agree- an agreeable time in school and <laughs> learning a lot of stuff and uh, developing into beautiful empowered human beings mm-hmm. yeah and i think that is what can be improved you know i think a lot of schools don't have the or see working on emotions as something complex there, there exists a lot of educated material about working on emotions you have these cards, you have these boxes, you know, but if we can transfer the knowledge of the simplicity that you can work on emotions, I think that would help a lot of schools and a lot of teachers. Mm-hmm. Because I think the, the, the lot of work that they now have to, or that they think they have to do to, to work on emotions, I think that holds them a little bit back. Yes. And I think that's also why it's important that the adults and the teachers and the parents are learning in the first place how to navigate their emotions. And I think I just want to give an example. I was taking care of a child for a full day and she's one year and a few months and was really missing her mother and and was struggling and she was just angry at me (laughs) and and was literally pushing me away and then another time she would run away turn her back towards me and just stand there and and sob and then when i would just place a hand on her back she would first push me away and then later she would come and reach her arms to me and just wants to be held and this is such a clear example of these pure emotions and these pure instincts pushing away, running away, and then the attached cry, the wanting to be held. Mm-hmm. And we have exactly the same things going on, only only our brain is kind of overruling sometimes. But these are like the sensations that are happening when I feel triggered or challenged by something that my lover is is telling me and when i really listen to my body there can be a moment where i just want to curl up and i want him to hold me and then a few seconds later i feel like pushing him away and i can ask him hey i've like i feel really angry but i want to stay with you can you give me resistance and can i push and this is how we can use the body and, and give space to what is happening and stay in connection. Yeah. <laughs> I maybe have an example that fits well into that. Um, I was working with a, with a child, a boy, who was like 11, 12 years old, so going to secondary school. 
or transitioning to secondary school and he was very difficult to work with <laughs> in the sense that he didn't open up to me and when he opened up just a little bit he got really defensive and angry at me like I I got something out of him that he didn't want to give to me, you know? And it went worse and worse and worse. He just was so angry at me. He he was just not taking me serious, making jokes all the time, you know, like really challenging me. And as a as an adult working with a child, you learn that you need to stay calm and focused and give an example. But I was like so overwhelmed. And I said to him, I'm angry at you. I'm frustrated. I can't work with you anymore. Mm-hmm. And I just said that in a calm way and I left the room. That's not the, the normal thing you are learned to do. Yeah. And I was, I was really angry and I was, at the, I was outside and I was just calming myself down because I wanted to like, oh, I wanted to say some words to him. And after two minutes, I went into the room. And he looked at me and he was sitting and doing his work that he had to do. And he didn't say anything anymore. He said, like, I did all my exercises. And he looked at me and was like, it was like his way to say sorry. Mm -hmm. But that worked. Yeah. (laughs) Because I told him how I felt. I think it's so important that children and that we learn that we have an impact on each other. And that instead of covering our anger which is felt anyway in the space especially children they feel it when you're angry but we can just be open about it but like you know stay in awareness like i'm here (laughs) i'm like i'm a bigger thing than just my anger but i'm also angry right now i can communicate that and i can be with you honestly with that I think it's such a beautiful example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think that is also missing for teachers, you know. Teachers are also need to be the good example, but I know that teachers can, can get frustrated in class. You know, you're with 26 children all the time. You, you get frustrated. And I think it's also important that they learn how to manage that frustration and mm-hmm. that they can say it on a constructive way. Or even hurt or sadness mm-hmm. when a, when a child is mean or something that mm-hmm. it's I've never seen a, a a teacher say like oh wow that that really hurts me or mm-hmm. there so if if this is an example for children basically what they're seeing is don't show any hurt or pain mm-hmm. and um, I totally understand why why teachers learn how to just you know stay poker face (laughs) yeah i'm just super curious what would happen if we can give those emotions more space Mm -hmm. and i'm not saying that it would be a lot easier (laughs) all the time but i think what a lot of adults in my practice and in my sessions are learning is actually unlearning unlearning that they won't be accepted when they are feeling this or when they have needs like this or when they want this they're like needs feelings longings it's like 
it's almost unhuman to have them and it's very human to have them and they make you feel alive uh -huh. they're part of life Nikki, I suggest we wrap up and to end, I would like to ask you, what is your wish for the school system right now? Or, you know, in, in the profession that you have, what is your biggest wish, your wildest dream? Hmm. Just that you are accepted. All of you is accepted by what you feel. All your feelings are accepted and heard. And um, I think just more awareness on the emotional well-being of children and teachers and that there is more room to, for teachers and children to learn about it. Yeah, and that children feel safe and teachers feel safe because that's not always the case as well. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And Lore, what is your wish for working with adults with their emotions? Yeah with adults and ultimately with the children in my life. But in my profession, I mainly work around intimacy and sexuality. And I wish for people to feel empowered, to express what they need, and from there to feel safe, to um. really go for what they also want, their longings, to go for pleasure. <laughs> and I think... I think what we have been talking about, what we have been covering is really about this, like the basic needs to create a sense of safety. And it's only from there that we can go into thriving and growing and creating. And, and we are such creative beings. And if, if back to the children, if children can have a start of life where they don't need to have years and years of healing, and learning how to feel safe in themselves and being themselves and expressing themselves freely. Those beings will just <laughs> bring so much in the world. <laughs> There's so much magic there. Mm -hmm. So um, I feel really excited about that. Yeah. Nikki, thank you so much for being on a podcast with me. And um, we will be hosting a Dutch webinar. Mm -hmm the 20th of January at 8 o'clock in the evening. So if you're Dutch and interested, <laughs> see the link below.